Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Campus Rush Podcast. We know that this episode today is going to bless your life and take your vision to the next level. We hope that you can share it, subscribe, and be a part of what God is doing right here at Carleton University, around the world, at Campus Rush. Um, anybody ready for a new douse, a new impartation, a new impartation of his fire? This is the season uh, for it. If you don't know the season that we are in, it's a season of chasing God. We are in a season of chasing. And um, I implore you, hit the floor in prayer in your midnight hours um, and press in for all of what God has for you. We're starting a new collection of talks tonight. I'm going to be preaching for the next few weeks in March. March is a powerful month. Uh, So much is happening in March. But I want us to talk about the topic unquenched, unquenched. That's going to be our collection of talks for the next few weeks. Unquenched. Someone shout unquenched. Shot, I'm unquenchable. We're going to talk about this. It's taken from 1 Thessalonians 5.14. I promise tonight that um, the Lord is going to continue to be praised in this place. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. I'm going to read it from my laptop. The Word of God says, and we urge you. This is Paul speaking to the, Tessala, the church in Thessalonica. And um, this is what he has to say to the church. He says, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Says, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. I love this part, verse 16. It says, always rejoice. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. I want to just pause right there. Can you give thanks for the fact that you still have breath in your lungs? Just, just for a few seconds. Come on, just give God thanks. You still, you're still breathing. You're still breathing. God, I thank you. We're still breathing. You can do better than that. I'm going to give you one more time. Thank the Lord that you have breath. There's somebody somewhere in the world right now that is gasping for their last breath. But you don't even have to think about how you're going to make it to tomorrow. You know tomorrow you're going to wake up, right? But tomorrow is not promised. It's the Lord that gives it to us as a gift. Every 24 hours is a gift from God. And he decides when he wants to take that gift away. But in this presence, in this moment, in this atmosphere, God, we are thanking you as a church. That, Lord, there's been no deaths in this ministry. We thank you, Lord, that this year we shall see to the end of December 31st. Come to give you glory. Come on, one more time for the Lord, for what he's doing. This is my favorite part. My favorite part is verse 19. Verse 19 of 1 Thessalonians 5 says, And do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. What does that mean? That means that the spirit has an agenda. That means that the spirit of God in you has an agenda to accomplish something. The spirit of God in you has the the ability and and, and has the, the, the desire to be able to do things. So the Bible is saying, Paul is saying to the believers in Thessalonica, do not quench that desire for more of God. Do not quench that desire to find out the things of the deep in the spiritual realm. Do not quench that desire. Do not water down the gospel is what it's saying. Don't water down the gospel because, you know, this praying in tongues thing and this spiritual thing is so weird. So I'm not going to do it when people are around. I'm only going to pray in tongues in my closet. No, 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 no. Let me correct that theology. We cannot quench the spirit. And by not quenching the spirit, it's about being bold with our faith. 
Not quenching the spirit. It's saying, Holy Spirit, we're giving you free liberty to move how you want to move, do what you want to do in the time and space that you want to do it in. So this next couple of weeks, we're dedicating to the Holy Spirit. It's dedicated to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, understanding the Holy Spirit. Are you excited? It, are you excited? This is, this is our dedication to the Holy Ghost. This is our month of, of, of getting closer to the Holy Ghost. And it's so incredible because it's our, also our month of oil. Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It all flows in line in the same spirit. One thing the Spirit of God does is to provide clarity of seasons. Um, so if the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5 is saying, and do not quench the Spirit, um, if the Spirit of God is in us for many reasons, but amongst the many reasons is to provide direction and clarity as to the season that we're in. Basically what it's saying is, do not lose sight of the vision that God has placed in you. Because if the Spirit of God is to give us vision, is to direct us, if we are to be led by the Spirit, then it basically means that the Holy Spirit has the ability to give us clarity as to what are we in right now, what season am I currently in. One question I ask a lot of people when they come to see me, I say, you know, uh, from time to time, I may ask people, you know, um, what season do you believe that the Lord has you in? Uh, when, we, we met, uh, when we meet as 12, from time to time, uh, I ask them, I say, you know, what season do you feel as though the Lord has you in? And some of them would say, I feel like I'm in a dry season. I feel like I'm in a wilderness season. Have you ever said that before? I feel like I'm in a wilderness season. Let me see by raising hands. Anybody has ever said that? I feel like I'm in a wilderness season. Okay, cool. And, and then some people will also say, man, I just feel like I'm in a season where, man, God is just speaking to me per second, per second, per second. And I'm like, praise the Lord. Isn't it interesting that the same spirit of God that is in me is the same spirit of God that is in you, but yet still some people will find themselves in different seasons. Dare I say it, that people find themselves in different seasons uh, uh, as related to the amount by which they allow the spirit of God to have free and preeminence in their spirits. Seasons are directed by the Spirit of God. God is Alpha, God is Omega, yet in between he allows the Holy Ghost to lead you and guide you. He's the counselor, he's the helper. He, he's, he's our advocate, he's the one, and I'll talk more about the Holy Spirit next week, but he's the one that gives us clear direction as to what to do, where to do, how to do it, so on and so forth. So the Holy Spirit brings understanding to times and seasons. Job 32, 8, we already spoke about it, that you know the breath of the Almighty brings us understanding where we connect the vital breath of God and we connect the vital breath to the spirit that is in man. There, then, information and clarity comes to being. Does anybody want a clear season? I speak that over you. That will be your season of clarity. No more wilderness season. You see, a lot of people live their lives from wilderness season to wilderness season. But there is a season for wilderness. There's also a season to be joyful. That's why the Bible says that, Paul says, I learned what to do when I had little. I learned what to do when I have much. I've learned how to abound in a base recently. Pastor Ryan, myself, Pastor Shoah, and Prof were in Toronto on, over the weekend. And I know they're already laughing. We were in Toronto, and uh, we were playing at a concert. We were ministering at a concert on the Saturday. And um, we thought for some reason that everything would work out in the sense that we would just do our sound check, kind of stay and stick around, have a few meals, and then, or have a meal, and then go back. Not a few meals, just one meal. Have one meal. I, mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe Pastor Ryan wanted a few meals. I don't know, I don't know. But have, have, have a meal and then go back for the concert and then find ourselves. You know, Toronto is our playground. I grew up in Toronto. They lived in Toronto. We'll just, you know, find a place. But upon second thought, we said we should probably just get an Airbnb. So Pastor Ryan began to look at the Airbnbs in the area that we were in. And uh, <laughs> let's just say they weren't the best conditions. 
And we started looking around and we're like, yo, we need a place to go and a place to stay. And so we looked and looked and looked and looked and Pastor Ryan found one. He said, all right, yo, this is within our price range. It's just one night. Let's try to do it. So he booked it. Funny thing is, we're driving in this neighborhood and every single house in the neighborhood is literally mansions. We're like, this is crazy. Like, wow. We see mansions on the left, a mansion on the right, a mansion on the left. And then we pull up to the house and we say, this is not a mansion. <laughs> we're like, how is it possible that you could have all of these mansions, yet you could still have one little house in the corner? So we pull up to the house in the driveway and we don't know where to go. We don't see the little lock on the front. We don't see, and we're like, what is going on here? We see one of the guys that owns the house come out and he's taking a smoke and he says, did you book uh, you know, an Airbnb? We're like, yeah, we, we, you know, we, booked, we, we booked an Airbnb. You know? And uh, he's like, oh, well, you, know, you have to call the lady. We're like, yo, we've been calling this lady and she's not picking up her phone. And he's like, let me see your reservation. So the pastor right goes and pulls up the reservation, shows the gentleman. Gentleman's, all right, well, the password is you know, 4444. Just go over there and open it and you go downstairs. We're like, just like that? He's like, yeah, just go down. We're like, all right, cool. So Pastor Ryan opens it, goes downstairs, comes through, and tells us, all right, guys, we have to go inside the house now. And I'm saying, is it the whole house? Or is it a floor in the house? And I'm thinking to myself, Kofi, you've been spoiled. You've just been going to places, staying in hotels, staying in fancy Airbnbs. Like, God is trying to teach us something. I'm like, all right, Lord, whatever you want to teach me, you can teach me. But I didn't think you would teach me this way. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you want to teach me something, teach me something. So we go inside the house, and we're like, whoa. We look, and then I'm like, so is it this floor? Pastor, no, 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 we're downstairs. I say, hey, <laughs> Jesus. So we go downstairs, and it's so crazy. The lady um, who is doing the booking for us is in the process of cleaning the house. As we're just, yeah, yeah, just make sure your boots don't come in here. Do this, do this. You know, put this there, put this there, go around. The, I'm like, all right, cool. So she's cleaning the house, and we're settling down. I'm like, right? He said, peek it. I said, right? <laughs> We looked around, we said, Jesus, not our will, but let your will be done. We went inside the room, we put our, our heads to rest for a little bit, and the pastor Ryan came out and he said, well, you know, these are the type of stories that you tell, you know, you have to learn how to abound and learn how to abase. And we understood that it's, you're going to have seats. Oh, Danny was there too. Daddy, Daddy, Danny was with us. Daddy, you know, Daddy was enjoying himself. Daddy, you know, Daddy had some nice Jamaican food. Daddy ate it was a goat, was a goat head. I don't know what you were drinking. What is it? Huh? Whatever that means. Manage water. I don't know what that is. <laughs> he was there, you know, eating, drinking, and he was still like, this is good soup. I'm like, do you not understand where we are right now? It's so crazy that a dry season for somebody can be the best season for someone else. He's enjoying himself, and he's drinking this thing, and I'm just like, God? I looked at my food. Ask them. I looked at the food I opened. I said, this is not going to do well in my system. I'm not eating this food. Pastor Ryan said, you're not really not going to eat it? I'm like, I'm not eating it. I'm like, you try it. Pastor Ryan, he starts eating it. He's like, oh, I see why you didn't want to eat it. He, he puts it up. I said, listen, you know, my body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. I got to be mindful of what I'm putting in my body. I'm looking around. I'm not trying to be, I'm just cautious. <laughs> and so we put our heads to rest and Pastor Ryan listened and he said, you know, we got to learn how to abound in the base. I said, Pastor Ryan, I thought I learned that lesson. But the Lord was bringing me back to know something, and like I said earlier on, is that a dry season for somebody can be the best season for somebody else. And, and dry seasons aren't forever. Why? Because I left that Airbnb, and now we're back home. Praise the Lord. Clap that we're back home. Now, seasons come and seasons go. The Bible even talks about the sons of Iskar. It says that the sons of Iskar are so good. Why? Because they understood the times. 
and understood the seasons. You have to understand the time and season that you are in. And the one that will allow you to understand those times and seasons is the Holy Spirit. He will give you information as to the time, as to the season that you are in currently. In the Bible, specifically in Luke, we find this scripture of a woman by the name of Mary. And, and this Mary uh, was a virgin, and she was engaged to this man, Joseph. And the Bible begins to say, on one night, an angel, Gabriel, comes and appears to her and says, you are blessed, and so is your womb that is going to carry the Savior of the world. And she says, how can this happen? And she says, the Holy Spirit. That's what the angel says. And, and, and she says, okay, well, be it unto me, you know, whatever the Lord wills is whatever I will do. And God says that, hey, this is what's going to happen is that you are going to carry my son for him to save the sins of the world. And Mary, I'm sure, is in this point of her life where she's trying to ask God, what season do you have me in? How is it possible that I would not know a man yet be pregnant with a child, let alone the savior of the world? And the answer is the Holy Spirit. Can I talk to you now? That, that, that the Holy Spirit is the one that makes all things make sense. The Holy Spirit is the one that when you are in the boat like Jonah, the Holy Spirit will be the one that will tell you, hey, Jonah, I'm sending you to Nineveh. You don't want to go. So you know what's going to happen? A whale is going to come and the whale is going to take you for a couple of days in the womb and you're going to learn your lesson after that. But, but, but I'm sure, I know that there was a spirit in Jonah that understood, hey, the reason why this boat is not stable is because I'm in it. Let me jump off of this boat. That same Holy Spirit will tell you when you're being a nuisance to people because you don't want to answer the call of the vision. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you direction and clarity as to the season that you are in. So Mary didn't understand. She's saying, how can I be pregnant? The angel says, the Holy Spirit. How will you pass the exam? The Holy Spirit. How will you get that job? The Holy Spirit. How will you do the impossible? The Holy Spirit. I'm preaching better than you're clapping. How will you get to where God designed you to get to? The Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost is still alive. The Holy Spirit is still alive. The Holy Spirit is not something for our parents. The Holy Spirit is something for everybody, all peoples. The Spirit of God was in a child. How do I know? Because the Bible says that there was a woman by the name of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was married to this man, Zechariah. And he was a priest. And the Bible says that the angel came to him and said, you're going to have a child. And he said, how can I have a child in my old age? And the angel said, because you made that statement and you doubted how it's going to happen. Don't you know that I already went to, I already, I already went to, to Mary and I told Mary, what's going to happen and, and all this stuff is already underway just just listen to me just believe what i'm going to say and just because he didn't believe the word he was mute and the bible even says he, he, the angel comes to, to 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 the prophet and the angel says hey you and your wife elizabeth you're going to bear a child his name is going to be john and what's going to happen is that the holy spirit is going to fill him in the womb that means that the Holy Spirit is not for parents. It's not just for the elderly. The Holy Spirit is even for the child. I'm prophesying that your children will be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm saying, before they can say ABCs, they will say, The Holy Ghost. How will it happen? I know no man. The Holy Ghost. So Mary is pregnant with Jesus and the angel just came and the Bible says in Luke I'm just paraphrasing 
and the bible says in luke let's go there let's read it a little bit luke 139 it says at that time mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of judea where she entered zechariah's home and greeted elizabeth and the bible says when elizabeth heard mary's greeting the baby in her womb leaped and elizabeth was filled with the holy spirit that was the fulfillment of prophecy that the angel had told zechariah the husband that john will be filled with the holy spirit even in the womb the Holy Ghost makes all things clear in its season and its time. So Elizabeth didn't know what season she was in. She said, how is it possible that I will have a child in my old age? And the answer is the Holy Spirit. So the Bible begins to allude and says this, that Elizabeth was hidden for five months. Nobody knew where she was. Nobody knew where she was going. You know what was happening? The spiritual transaction was taking place. You see, sometimes the Holy Spirit brings us to seasons of solitude. And in those seasons of solitude, what he's doing? He's downloading his intentions for us. So many of us get frustrated with seasons where we don't understand what's going on. No, no, no. If you don't understand the season that you're in, uh, uh, church, if I can submit this advice to you, take a step back from things. Go on a weekend away to a retreat. Lock yourself into the door and say, Holy Spirit, I want to receive a spiritual transaction. I need to know exactly what season I'm in. Give me clarity to the season that I'm in. And for five months, Elizabeth was hosting and holding this baby boy by the name of John who would later go on to baptize. And of course, you know, John and Jesus are cousins now. And so they have that connection in the womb already. Jesus is in the room and John already knows how to submit to Jesus' authority already in the womb. Isn't it crazy like I spoke last week that even John knew that he was number two. My God. Even John knew, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just here to prepare the way. I know my assignment. My assignment is not to be the savior of the world. In fact, when he was baptizing people, he said that I'm baptizing you with water for the repentance of sins. But there's one far greater than I am whose shoes and sandals I'm not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. And he will baptize you and make you a new person. And you will go around dealing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. I prophesy that is your testimony. Oh, your amen can be a little louder in this place. I mean, your amen can throw the roof off this building. How will this happen? The Holy Spirit. I was talking to my brother Chandler the other day. He said he had just come back from Brazil. We were FaceTiming. He said, I just came back from Brazil, bro. And, you know, things were crazy in Brazil. So what happened? He said, I was standing in front of this lady who had cut marks on her. And he said, and as Todd White began to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to heal in the room, he said, in front of my eyes, he said, bro, I kid you not. He said, in front of my eyes, I saw cut marks disappear. He was so shocked. He was shaken. He's like, I saw cut marks disappear. I said, holy, I said, how can this happen? The same question that Mary was asking is the same question that we ask all the time when God is ready. Listen, the problem is not if God wants to. The problem is if you can handle what God is already saying. God has been saying it from the beginning. Why? Because God said his word from the beginning. God never said, let there be LED. God said, let there be light. From light, everything was created. God never said, let there be chairs. God never said, let there be paper. God said one word, let there be this, let there be land. And from there, everything was cultivated from that point on. So I said, Holy Ghost, what's the, how did this happen? He said, well, you keep asking the question, how? The question is me. I am the answer. 
The answer is me rather. The answer is the Holy Spirit. How does somebody get healed of cut marks of years? The Holy Spirit. How do you make it from day to day? The Holy Spirit. How do you get it to the end of the year? The Holy Spirit. How do you graduate school? The Holy Spirit. How do you get a job in your field? The Holy Spirit. How are you going to make it in life? How are you going to get married? How are you going to have a child? How are you going to do life? How are you going to get out of debt? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. My God, the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit's so amazing because before the times passed, the Holy Spirit would come upon man in the old covenant. But in the new covenant, the Holy Spirit just, just, just doesn't come upon man, but is in man. And the Holy Spirit expresses himself in so many ways. And that's why there's symbols of the Holy Spirit. Water. There's oil, there's a dove, there's wind. There's so many different ways that the Holy Spirit is expressed. Now, I love the anointing oil. The Bible says it's the anointing oil that breaks what? The yoke. Come on, it's the anointing oil that breaks what? And so the Holy Spirit has the ability to anoint a man for a special task. So even in the womb, John was anointed for the task that was sent before him. Why? Because the prophetic word came even before he was born. The prophetic word was that he would be a voice, that he would do this and he would do that. And so in Matthew 3, we actually meet this John who is not a baby in the womb anymore, but is a full-grown man walking in his assignment and in his calling. Aren't you thankful that God is patient with us? That even though there could be a word in the womb, that God watches us so that that word can come to pass? Wouldn't it be a shame if this story didn't end with John in the wilderness? It would be a shame if the word had come forth from the womb, that he's anointed. He, he received the Holy Spirit in the womb, but yet he didn't walk out to, towards his purpose. But the Bible says right here in Matthew 3, in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. I love the fact that he went to the wilderness. As others are going to the cities, he went to the wilderness. As others are running from the wilderness, he went to the wilderness. It says his message was, Verse 2, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he prophesied and said, he is a voice. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. And it goes on to explain who John was and a bit about his nature. And I love this in verse 4. It says, John's clothes were woven from coarse Camel hair. Can you imagine that? His whole clothes were camel hair. Camel hair. And it says, and he wore a leather belt. Man, John. Johnny boy. Johnny boy had some serious style. He had camel hair and a belt. Imagine that. Camel hair and just a belt <laughs> around his waist, to be exact. It says, what did he eat? What was his diet? Was he on keto? Was he on? What was he on? He says, for the food he ate was locusts and wild honey. He was probably the weirdest guy. The only thing he eats is honey and locusts. What he wears is camel hair with a belt. And his message is, prepare ye the way of the Lord. You know one thing I love about John is that he knew exactly what he was supposed to do. John never veered off from his assignment. He knew, listen, 
the reason why I was here before I was born, I was prophesied that my whole thing would be prepare ye the way of the Lord. Camel hair, belts, locusts, and honey. Prepare the way for the Lord. Repent of your sins. Don't worry, I'm going to baptize you. Dip, dip. You know, that, <laughs> dip, dip. That's, that's all he did. That was his whole purpose in life. He says this, people from Jerusalem, Jerusalem and all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. Let me read about that one more time. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And they confessed their sins and he baptized them into the Jordan River. Can I have a few guys come up here? Give me like four guys. Come up here real quick. I want to explain something to you so you understand when I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Just, just stand over there, guys. It's so interesting because this is what the Bible depicts. Just stand right there. So you can make a line. This, this depicts this. John was called out from the people. Pay attention to this. He was called from out of the people into the wilderness. Let's say where the keyboard is is the wilderness. All right? Someone shout wilderness. This is wilderness. All right? Now, understand that wilderness is desolate. A wilderness is plain. There's nothing in the wilderness. Nobody wants to go to the wilderness. That's why we keep saying, I'm in a wilderness season. What do we mean by being in a wilderness season? We mean that we're in a season where we don't understand what is happening. But how is it so that John left the city and decided that he was called to the wilderness? And instead of complaining that hey, there's, no, there's no Wi-Fi here, instead of complaining like I did, man, I got to the basement like, whoa, this is crazy. He took that basement, he took that wilderness as a season to be like, instead of me making a place where I'm going to complain, I'm going to make it a pulpit where people can be baptized and changed. Instead of looking at a disadvantage, I'm going to look at it as an advantage. Instead of looking at it as pain, I'm going to look at it as purpose. Instead of looking at it as something that is just meant to kill me, I'm going to look at it like something meant to build me. You are built for greatness. You are built for more. You are designed to be great. You are designed to be more. What you're, what you're doing now is not what you're meant to be doing for the rest of your life. Someone shout, it's temporary. So he's in the wilderness. And you know the crazy thing about it? Is that instead of him going to the wilderness and praying and asking God and seeking God and spending time with the Lord in the wilderness, Pastor Oba, he, he, he didn't leave the wilderness to go back to the city. Why? Because he wasn't called to be in the city. He could have been anointed in the city and be failing in the city. He had to go to the wilderness where he would succeed in the wilderness. I would rather succeed in the coldest and harshest environments than fail in the nicest hot environment. I would rather stay in this cold Ottawa and succeed in this cold Ottawa than go to LA and be having no ministry because God didn't call me to a place. Location is important. Location is important. So instead of him going back to the people and be like, hey, I want to minister to you. I want to minister to you. Hey, I'm John. Can you imagine how they would look at him, Anissa? He is camel hair. Black, I think it's black. Because camel, black, brown, and black. Oh, go nice together, you know? So camel hair. Black. It's a first leather jacket. Just first, the first wool jacket, whatever it's called. So he's there. Camel hair. Black belt. Locust. Honey. Repent of your sins. Can you imagine how creepy he would look in the city? <laughs> he would be walking. Repent of your sins. I want to baptize you. There's no water here, but I'm going to take some water from somewhere. I'm just going to pray for it to come out, and I'm going to baptize you right here. Dip, dip. No. So, 
<laughs> so, because if he did that in the town, in the, in the city, people wouldn't listen to his word. They would scatter. Just, just scatter a bit, guys. They, they would scatter. He'd be like, repent of your sins. And they'd be like, no, no, repent, 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 repent of your sins. I don't have a virus. Just repent of your sins. Repent of your sins. Repent, repent. And, and they didn't want that. But the Bible says he was in the wilderness. And as he was seeking the Lord, there was a magnet. Something drew the people to him. He didn't have to change what he was doing to attract the people. He stayed true to who he was. And as he stayed true to who he was, people came to him, come to me now. Stop right there. They didn't come to him because he changed his method. And he began to say, you know, you, you know, just, just repent of your sins. But, but he was filled with the Holy Ghost. That means that he may say, repent of your rabakan, and something would come out of him. And they weren't afraid of the Spirit of God because they realized that there was a magnet. Something they needed was in this man. And that something was called the Holy Ghost. And so as he stayed in the wilderness and he preached his message and he prayed in the Spirit, he said people from all lands would come to him, come guys, and they would come to him and he, you know he wasn't stopping them and they will continue to come and they will continue to come and they will continue to come and as they got around him then the fullness of his purpose came out which was now I can baptize you this thing happens in stages. He was anointed. He was separated. He operated in his assignment. People came and then he was able to do his assignment. What was the assignment? To baptize people, repent from their sins and prepare you the way for the Lord. And so that's what he did. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is what drew the people to him in the wilderness. He didn't have to go to the city. They came from the city to him in the wilderness. I want to tell somebody in this place, you don't got to change who you are. That's good. You don't have to change who you are. You don't have to change who you are. Innovate who you are. Develop who you are. But the essence of your being should not change. It doesn't matter how high God lifts me. If God takes me to Australia, I will still be preaching like this. Raise your hands. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. I will still be preaching like that. Why? Because I know my assignment is that of a revivalist. Is that to enter into a room and by the time I leave the room, the place must be on fire. That's my assignment. I'm not going to change who I am to fit into circles and to fit into green rooms. No, but I'm going to evolve who I am. So in addition to my I can preach a three-point sermon and I can make you laugh in a sermon as well. I won't change who I am. I will innovate who I am. Someone shout innovate. innovate. Come on, shout it louder. Say innovate. innovate. You have to innovate who you are. Why? Because things change in times and seasons. And the only person that will let you know how to switch and how to change and how to innovate in the times and the seasons is the Holy Spirit. That's why we can't quench him. That's why we can't quench him. That's why we're in a series for the next couple of weeks, Unquenched. Because we have to learn how to allow the Holy Spirit to have free range on the inside of our spirit. We can't, con don't control the Spirit of God. Allow Him to do what He wants to do in your life. 
Because the moment that you allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do, it's at that point that all men will be drawn and everybody will come. Why? Not just because of the gift that you carry, but because of the spirit inside of you. For there is a spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty give that spirit understanding. So that spirit in you then draws man from all over the place. So you know what that means to you? That means that if you're a business owner, you cannot take the spirit from the business. Leave the spirit in because the spirit is your secret sauce. It's the spirit that will take people and say, there is something different about you. That something is not the fact that you can speak well alone. That something is that there is a spirit in man. There's something on the inside. There's something greater on the inside of you. There's something amazing on the inside of you. And it's that spirit. You know, Pastor Nana, when you started this business that you're doing, come here, you started your, your business, Solve Incorporated, uh, and you know, it's, it's consults, Solve Consultants, Solve Advisors. Solve Advisors, I'm sorry. Solve Advisors. When you started your business, I'm sure there was doubts. I'm sure there was fears. Yeah. yeah. There was fears. There was doubts. There was all that stuff. But I remember sitting with you in a garage in River Building some years ago, and you may not remember that moment. And I sat down with you, and I said, Nana, and you told me, you said, you said, Pops, I don't know what's going on, and I don't know what I have to do, and I don't know what the next steps I have to go. And I said, Nana, I know you're in this finance stuff, but I said, your real gift is giving people counsel. I said, your real gift is giving people wisdom. I said, that's a seed on the inside of you. And you have to allow that seed to now begin to grow and become fruit so that everybody can enjoy of which is in you. And I thought that he didn't hear what I was saying. And then a, a year later, he comes up and he says, Pops, this is my business card, and this is my office. And I said, you have an office? He said, this is my office, and this is what I'm doing, and this is how I'm going to change the world, and this is what I want to do. I want to start from here. And I said, son, you've done so well. Why? Because you have not quenched the spirit in you. By not quenching the spirit, what you're saying is, I will not control what God wants to do with my purpose. I will not be a micromanager of my purpose. A lot of us are micromanagers of our purpose. We sit down and we say, no, I can't go there because no, no, I can't go. There. But what if God is leading you to a place? It's not everything the Lord will show you. Sometimes he will command you. We think that God has to show us. Show me. Abraham was not shown. Abraham was commanded. Go to a land. Not, hey, I, I'm, this, is, this is where you're going to stop? You're going to sleep here? No, go to a land that I will show you. He hadn't shown him yet. I will show you. Flown with milk and honey. You're not there yet, but I will show you. It's the spirit of God. And now look what the Lord has done in his life. Blessing his business. Come on, clap for this young man. Let's be on our feet. Thank you, God. My time is up. I didn't get to get into everything I wanted to get into tonight. But I want you to pray real quick as we start this series, Unquenched. Pray that you will not quench the spirit that's inside of you. You will not quench, you will not micromanage the Holy Ghost. You would allow him to do what he wants to do. Come on, open up your mouths right before we go. All over this place. Just, just pray this prayer. If you've never prayed before, you don't know how to pray, you're watching online, you don't know how to pray this prayer, simply say, Holy Spirit, I allow you to do what you want to do in my life. That's the prayer that we're praying. I allow you. I give you permission. I give you permission to do what you will, to do what you want to do in my life. Holy Spirit, I give you permission. I give you permission. Holy Ghost, I give you permission.
Holy Spirit, I give you permission. I give you permission. I give you permission. I give you permission, Holy Spirit. I give you permission. I give you permission, Lord. I give you permission. Holy Spirit, I give you permission. I give you permission. Do what you want to do. Be who you have to be. Holy Ghost, I give you permission. I give you permission. Rule and reign. I give you permission. Be who you want to be. Be who you want to be. Holy Spirit, I give you permission. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our podcast. We hope that God blessed you through this word, and we hope that you can be a partner, subscribe, and share with your friends. We can't wait to see you next time. God bless you.